from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. Welcome back, podcast listeners, and happy holidays. The day we recorded this episode was the beginning of LA's winter rains, so be warned, the quality of Dr. Wendy's Skype connection, her audio just isn't that great, but please bear with us as we are reflecting back with so much gratitude on some of our favorite guests and episodes. You'll find everyone's contact info, including ours, in the show notes. And if you missed any of the episodes we're talking about today, you can find them on iTunes or at Podbean. And while we're spreading joy, love, and gratitude, we want to be sure you know how much we appreciate your listening. We're wishing you and yours the happiest and healthiest of years ahead. Okay, let's do this. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not that Let's just get rolling. Are you ready to roll? Yes. Hi, Dr. Wendy. Hi, Jenny. What up? Are you excited about the holidays? I am, but I'm kind of sad. Like, this is our last show for the year. I can't believe how fast it has gone. It's unbelievable. This was such a weird year. It felt like it crept along at the beginning and then suddenly just snowballed. It did. It did. And how many incredible guests did we have this year? I'm in shock. I really can't believe... Is year two? Yeah. Well, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, and I said, yeah, we have been doing this since uh, February 2015, which is kind of crazy. And you're right. We had amazing guests this year, and that's part of what this episode is about. It's for us to say thank you and honor them and look forward into the new year. Time is a funny thing, and you do what you love, you know, time goes by, and it just, I remember our first show, and kind of tossing it to the wind, and and having fun, we got some judgment. Girl, you got an angry vagina. Shoot the shit, and talk about clinical topics, but make it interesting, and self-disclose, and we're humans. And I think that we are very successful with our clients because we relate to them where we're, we're real. You know, back in the day, it used to be a blank screen, right? I'm a therapist. I have no feelings. I have no thoughts. Project everything onto me. But uh, we don't roll that way. <laughs> no, we do not roll that way. We're, uh, we're very humanistic and client-facing. I have no interest in being a blank slate because to me, that's dishonest for me. I, I totally understand it for other people and where it's effective, but that's not my style. And I have no poker face. <laughs> Could you imagine us being like blank slates with some of the kids that we've worked with? I mean, they would just be like, what? Why are you not reacting? They're already not getting mirroring back. Right? I mean, don't we already have, I mean, doesn't every human being right now have a blank slate and it's called our like computer or iPhone? It's the black mirror. The black mirror is the blank slate now in a way. Paging Dr. Floyd. 
And I wanted to interpret everything. So I remember I had a teenager that she uh, had hair under her arms and body odor. She used to take showers. And, um, you know, so she made a comment about it. And she said, oh, I'm so stinky. She smelled her armpits and she said, I'm stinky. And I said, I think what you're talking about is the stinky feelings of your life and all the, uh, you know, and irritation, the agitation of a stinky life. And I thought it was a great interpretation. I was proud of myself. I was excited. This is my moment. And she said, that sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> and I just, you know what I said to her? I said, you know what? You're right. You know, and then that's when therapy began. I also had a client that it reminds me, and it's very interesting. I've had a long-term relationship with this client throughout the years. And uh, when she was a teen, now she's in her 20s, 30s, uh, <clears throat> she she had a lot of sadness. And I said, you know, I'm going to – I was so excited to use this empty chair technique, which I do find is helpful. It's just also timing in therapy is really important. So I said, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to use narrative therapy. So I said, let's put anger in the chair. What I'd like you to do is talk to anger. I really feel you tell anger how it is to do life. I tried different stuff because I want to connect with my client. And I was excited to try that. And she said, that sounds fucking stupid. And I said, all right, forget it. I tried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always those moments. And I always think about things we were taught in school and also, you know, conversations you and I always have about, I just meet them where they're at. Somebody in my narrative training just said, you know, having I needed to let go of the idea that there's a right way to do things. Obviously, there are wrong ways to do things, but there's not one right way to do like narrative. Uh, and so many of these modalities, anyways, the ones that I'm interested in, but, you know. It is interesting. We have different ways where we work with our clients and, you know, narrative might work for, you know, either children or uh, worked with a lot of that were in gangs. I got to tell you, they just opened up their heart and mind and they were the most narrative. It was a, a safer place to open up and share when I work with the affluent population who just can't think outside box a little bit and it's a little bit maybe more controlled at times trying new things might feel a little uncomfortable so it really is you know being in tune right attunement is the most important thing yeah and and again i i find especially right now with the clients and addiction groups so many people are looking for that attunement and missed that and uh I guess, you know, part of what we do is contrary to what this is, even though they work together. But 
podcasting has also let us kind of put our voices out into the world, letting other people put their voices out into the world. You know, I, I think that a lot of people are just trying to find a place to be heard and feel heard as well as seen. We're all missing a lot lately. <laughs> I like, like fake news. Yeah. <laughs> like what? A fake news? Yeah. Um, but, but so let's, let's just jump in and, um, you know, speaking of fake news, the last episode we did with Chris and Anthony, I mean, obviously it's so fresh, it's sticking with me. Um, and, and I know other things are going to come up with the politics, but I mean, what, what are your thoughts about that episode? What stands out to you about our conversation with, uh, Chris Crane and Anthony Pazos? And talk about it to me. Really interesting. So that show, and if anybody has not listened to it, you'll really find it interesting, to say the least. I did not uh, expect it to kind of snowball into, uh, you know, talk about politics, uh, for sure. But then we kind of linked it together again about how it affects us personally and uh, professionally. And I thought it was a really insightful and um you know, we talk about humanistic, humanistic, passionate discussion. What, what about you? I completely agree. Um, I think it was kind of a great way to end the year, start the end of the year, because um, so much of this for us is, like you said, about being authentic and putting ourselves out there and uh, being real. And I feel like... <laughs> When, when we're talking about the politics stuff, for me, obviously, again, anybody who's listened to that episode would know I'm, I think I was more myself than, than I have completely let myself to be, be on this. And I think that was enlightening for me because I think I'm pretty open, but at the same time, you know, we've always got more we've got more to grow, we've got more to open up, we've got more to share. And, and it was just so unstructured. And, uh, and I was so passionate. I'm still very passionate about it. I mean, we all looked shell shocked that day. Um, <laughs> and it's just stood out to me how many of the things that we talked about are, you know, we've watched play out since then. And I was really cautious at the time, because we didn't have all the information and we still don't and we may never so it's been it's been interesting and I was so grateful to be there with the three of you I mean Anthony is hilarious and also incredibly deep and serious and you can see how much these matters matter to him matters matter we were talking, yeah we were talking about the election for people who haven't listened yet Right. So, <laughs> so for yeah. people who didn't listen, we set out, we, we had uh, Chris Crane and Anthony Pazos are part of the glam pieces. squad. They're, they're glam squad. They're, they're Dr. Wendy's glam squad. And we, we had them scheduled to come in and talk about confidence and uh, how to kind of put your best foot forward. And it just was too soon after the election, the way it turned out. And everybody was just kind of in a different place. And God bless them for letting us go in that direction and, and going with us. I mean, just... We had some therapist called Big Feelings. Definitely Big Feelings. Definitely. And it's okay to feel however you feel. 
we teach children, teenagers, and what we teach young adults to assert yourself, to speak up. I love, just when I thought we agreed, you're like, oh, but I just, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I really appreciated that you kept uh, refocusing on, you know, what can we do? Because that is generally my default is problem solving, but it gets hard sometimes, especially when you're, you know, it's, I grew up in the Midwest, so it, this metaphor makes sense to me. It's like you're shoveling snow out of the driveway, but as soon as you're at the bottom of the driveway, you look up and the front, the top of the driveway is just packed again, right? So that's just kind of how it's felt. It feels like the minute things look a little clear, there's just more snow cramping the driveway. Uh, yeah, yep. And, you know, I think uh, that's a wrong theme that all our guests kind of to the idea of meaning, purpose, and passion in life. And it was, I'm just kind of replaying some of the guests that we had and how they found their own truth and how they uh, don't need to feed into society's um judgment expectations but that they really develop this beautiful voice that they have and we do that from all kinds of backgrounds and like you said they they've all seemed to find their way in these unusual paths for listeners we also reached out to some of our guests our former guests and and asked them for you know some follow-up questions some answers to some follow-up <laughs> questions and um before I talk about what Chris had to say, I wonder, do you have any hair or makeup philosophies, Dr. Wendy? So it's never for the reason that you think it is. It's always some, for me, some deeper, and I know that sounds very spiritually vagina-ish. Vagina-ish? Uh, you know, that, 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 that's, that's like yeah, our word of the day calendar? Is that a word? It is now. But whatever, female energy, spiritual. Kumbaya, but it's true. You know, I'm half Catholic, half Jewish. I converted to Jewish, very Irish Catholic. So I really love the Buddhist way. And, uh, you know, so anyway, I was taking some uh, professional photos, and Chris was the makeup artist there. She is shy, quiet. She, she, she's an observer. And then she just, she's got beautiful energy, and it taps you. And so it's not just eyeliner and mascara. And she's loving, and she's she's gorgeous on the outside. But uh, you know, she's um, she doesn't need the limelight. And if you stop and you say, "Wait a minute, what's your backstory, uh, girl?" She has a lot. Uh, but really, I just love to chat with her because she's so um, loving and sweet. Would you like me to uh, read to you what Chris had to say? Her words of wisdom for those who won't get a chance to work with professional glam squad. We asked her if she had any words of wisdom. Yes, girl. What did Chris say? So here's what she said. She wrote it out because she's shy. So Chris said, get it, Chris. Get it. So Chris had to say this. So my personal philosophy is that makeup should enhance your beautiful features and everyone has at least one beautiful feature without looking like you are super made up. Yes, you can contour and change your lip shape or eye shape, but I believe it's better when you can't really tell what's been done. Unless you will be in hard bright lights, too much makeup as in dark contour and thick powdery foundation or super shiny highlighter all over is not attractive. 
it's fine to play and see what looks best on you and that's totally cool but you don't want to be in natural light with all that on also eyebrows they are an important part of the face they make your eyes pop if you don't have any watch a video to learn how to draw them on to look natural and practice doing it if they're blonde or clear you can color them with a blonde eyebrow pencil or eyebrow cream you don't need to make them dark or thick unless you like that look but please just make them show and don't worry about trying to make people think that you are a natural blonde or redhead if you are or you aren't people don't really care that's what chris had to say yeah oh my god well yeah she's magic you can go in there with bedhead she's cool i mean i uh i'm not trying to be you know a beauty contestant but uh you know sometimes we do media stuff it's fun to have that done you feel like a, a princess for a day or whatever absolutely uh, she is she's awesome and really again it kind of goes back to her energy and her gift and her meaning purpose and passion that's what i really want people to understand about that and go check out her website and go you know she can consult she does sessions i mean she's awesome so yeah chris crane.com and we're gonna have all links and and contact information for people in the show notes so you can look there Hold on. I, I, I want to stop Hello? and call you back one more time because I'm just, uh, you're cutting out and I want to hear, I really want to hear this. Hold on. Let me call you back. Yeah. We are having some severe weather oh. here in LA. <laughs> yeah. We, we get weather like one time a year and it, uh-oh, you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's like, really? Like my cousins live in Chicago, you know, that's a beautiful snowy day. They still don't stay in. So the fact that we have little droplets and she said, stay in today if you don't have to drive. And I was, it was funny. <laughs> but it's true because in Los Angeles, people don't know. Well, I'm being very broad when I say this, but, you know, most people don't know how to drive in weather or get very anxious about driving in weather because we don't have it. Like, and this is extreme weather for us, even though, like you said, for the Midwest, this is nothing. Hilarious. We're such wind. We're such whims. So uh, you earlier this year were a guest on uh, Podcasters Unplugged, a new podcast that Dusty Porter, a.k.a. the tech guru, had started. And then he returned the favor by being a guest on our show and talking about becoming online creators. And I thought that was a really cool, fun conversation. I really enjoyed listening to his podcast and kind of hearing what he had to say. <laughs> I felt the pressure of him saying, like, we need to bank some episodes, not not we specifically, but that it's helpful for podcasters to have some banked episodes because we just don't have sure. time. I'd love to do this more, uh, but we just don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe in the future, but I thought that was a cool thing he said and... I loved the conversation, the part of the conversation where all three of us were talking about letting go of the noise, filtering out the noise and, and the audience. What stands out to you about yeah, that episode? I want to go back to how you start early is really important. I want to share that uh, for people, um, they may know that I had a family member that had a health issue and um everything is great thank gosh you know that person is doing wonderful healthy but it was a very very painful time uh for me because it was kind of a chronic thing 
hard, sad, and uh, supporting my family member. And that person was in the hospital, so I was with other family members. Um, I was checking my email, and I got this wonderful email from Duffy. And I said, huh, let me explore that. So I went on his website and really innovative, creating, um, ambitious. And I thought, that's really cool. So it didn't take me much to think about it. Yeah, I'd love to be on your podcast. And I didn't even share with him what was going on with me or where. I just, his podcast was great. And the questions and really felt very inspired. He's like a little guardian angel. I really uh, was the best me out of the vortex and it definitely had an energy shift so we had to have him he's just motivating ambitious guy and it was really cool to get some tips and tricks uh on how he others to just jump into uh, cyberspace and find your cyber identity and kind of teach us that it's okay uh to to try new things in cyberspace. That was a long, long answer. It's a good one though, because you, you touched upon what we talked about publicly and also what you were experiencing personally and, and you know, the gift of that as well. I think, you know, the stuff that the people don't see or hear necessarily on the podcast. And I think it's lovely that, you know, you're able to reflect on that moment and, how Dusty was able to help you shift your mindset at that time when you really, it sounds like, needed it to kind of reconnect with who you are and what you're passionate about outside of this really difficult situation you were dealing with. You know, it's not ironic. It's not by chance. I just feel like everything kind of unfolds the way it's supposed to. And uh, it was really cool that he kind of pulled me out of a funk and, uh, he brought he brought his light. Earlier in the year, uh, we talked to August McLaughlin of Girl Boner Radio, who you've also been on her podcast as well. Um, and she came in to talk with us about sociopathy. And uh, that was a great conversation. So much of what we talked about in that episode is relevant now. You know, I've thought a lot about that conversation in certain ways since... Uh, the election, because, you know, I feel like we have elected a narcissistic, borderline sociopath. And I believe we talked about it on the show. You were hesitant to kind of call that out. And I love that uh, appropriately at that time where I was just like, oh, no, he's definitely <laughs> a sociopath. Yeah. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot of politics. And... Uh... This, what's happening in the world right now, because children, teens, young adults, I've never seen everybody so engaged in politics, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. Sometimes I, I stay in this own control zone, um, but, uh, you know, not on the podcast. I know you and I have had lots of talks about, uh, you know, or, or, or even more heated, passionate feelings about what's going on in the world right now. And August is amazing. She's very empowering. And she shares, for people who have not uh, heard that podcast, please go check her out. It was fun. So we asked for her thoughts on the election results and what she thought they meant and how, you know, moving forward, the nation might approach its relationship with 
our president-elect. Here's part of what she had to say. Wow, such a great question. First of all, I loved joining you two to chat about sociopathy this year. It was a huge highlight for me and I really respect and admire both of your work so much. You know, I feel like anyone who's ever been in a relationship with any kind of sociopath or narcissist, anyone who's been marginalized or harassed or abused, is probably feeling a great deal of heartache in light of the election. I think it's been very triggering for many people for very valid reasons. And I know there are people on all sides politically who, who are hurting for different reasons. And I respect, you know, people's different beliefs, but this is such a unique scenario to be very diplomatic. I, I honestly don't know how it's going to pan out. I'm scared to be honest and I'm very concerned, but I'm also hopeful. I think that's how we survive and thrive and better the world. We have to remember that we can all make a difference and it starts in our very own lives. We have to be kind to one another and to ourselves. I think self-care is super important in the age of Trump. And for those of us who work to cultivate equality, we've got to work harder than ever. I'm really hoping that that is a silver lining of all of this, that the darkness and chaos will somehow bring about much needed change. Very, very inspirational. Putting it very much in perspective. Yeah, really appreciated her answer. Again, we love August. Go check her out, Girl Boner Radio. Check out our podcast with her on sociopathy. I think you'll really love it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Even though there's some darkness in there, It's it's it was a good conversation. Who's next, Jenny? Who's next? Next up is Sunny Mayo of Rock to Recovery. We love Sunny. Um, well, so talented and brought an unexpected guest that added to the discussion of, uh, you know, music and light and sobriety. She's really inspirational, loving, caring, spiritual guy. You know, it's funny because his name is spelled with an O, but it could just as easily be sp- spelled with a U. He is totally Sunny. Uh yeah, that's his his energy is so infectious. And um, he had a little bit like shortly after our episode, he had I, I'm not going to go into it because it's his business, even though I know he lives very openly in honesty. I don't feel like it's our place and we weren't able to connect with him. But he had a little bit of a health issue not long after our podcast, after he'd recorded with us. Yep. And I mean, he came back with his attitude, if, like it's not j- just intact, but like even bigger and brighter and more gratitude for life and the world. And I, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people go the opposite direction and get stuck in the problem stories and shut down. And here's somebody who just opened up more. And that's something I just really admired about him. And And I'm so glad that he and Rock to Recovery are out there doing the work that they do. Um, so many addicts are so sensitive and creative and have things to say that are so deep and real. And just from our conversation with him and the work we've seen him do, it's so apparent how healing self-expression and creativity and music can be in the process of not just addiction treatment, but any treatment, really. Yeah, and, uh, you know, 
how authentic he was in 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 not sugarcoated his story, but talking about if you put in the results can be truly spiritual and you could have a new life that you never expected. Absolutely. Speaking of having the life you never expected and bringing that spiritual element in, we had a wonderful conversation a couple months ago with Riley K. Smith, Riley King Smith, the king of the Rileys, uh, about EMDR and integrative body psychotherapy, which I really didn't know that much about before our conversation with him. Thoughts, what stood out to you from that episode? When he walked in, he is just this gentle, caring, kind soul. And he has such life experience. And he sat down and really uh, gave people the beginnings of tools that are really incredible and healing. He has had many life identities transitioned into psychology. You know, it's never too late. And uh, he's definitely a healer. And and so, so gentle. What, what a kind, talented, gifted uh, man. I, I, I loved that episode. I loved that episode too. I, I one of the things that will always rem, will always stand out to me about recording that was the experience of being in that room with the two of you and you and I. I mean, I'm as everybody kind of knows. I mean, I'm not somebody who follows anybody or anything religiously, but you know, I felt like we were sitting there almost like two disciples. He he. As you've described, that that presence that he has was just so loving and so warm. And I just felt like we were in such a safe place. I, I don't think I've ever felt closer to you than in the, those those moments with him. You know, I, I came away from it really thinking about this idea of the basic wound, um, about people being profoundly good enough you know, we talk a lot about breath. We we use breath with our clients. Um, but I I thought it was hilarious. My husband listens to all of these episodes. God bless him. I keep saying God bless him. And I, for an atheist, that's really crazy. But it's just an expression, people. Google bless him. Uh, but uh, he was saying he had to stop listening to it at one point while he was driving because he kept finding himself breathing along with us. And... <laughs> So he had to make sure that he was in a, a safer place while he was uh, listening so he wasn't, you know, getting too swimmy-headed. I mean, Riley is amazing, and it's been so much fun to get to know him and um, singing with him and hearing his story. You know, yeah, he was he worked in, like, as an ad executive uh, doing, like, copy and, and art and... Um, before he he switched paths. And one thing that has really bothered me since that episode is that I, I didn't follow up with him when he talked about that time in his life when he wasn't good at doing relationships. Because for Christ's sake, this is the relationship show and I didn't jump on that. <laughs> but um, 
So that's that's one of the things we'll we we asked him, right? So reached out and I said, you yep. know, like, what do you think is necessary to doing relationships well? And uh, Riley's not as Aww. shy as Chris, but uh, he's not as confident about technology. So he also wrote out his answers. Sweet. He's so, so sweet. So here's what Riley had to say about what he thought was necessary to doing relationships well. Keep an open heart keep agreements, set good boundaries, don't take it personally, and don't sweat the small stuff. My teacher Jack Rosenberg said, quote, a good marriage is like dancing in a small closet. You will accidentally step on each other's toes occasionally. So that's what Riley had to say. Of course he did. He says the most beautiful things. That's so sweet. Go check out Riley at Riley'sBubble.com. It's enlightening it's wonderful follow riley uh so uh i actually met riley uh through another one of our guests uh who we had on early in this year uh darlene bosch of transformation therapy um who came on to talk to us about her work with meditation and crystals and alternative healing uh that was such a cool show i love that show too Talk about what stood out to you. After that show, I bought tons of crystals. I wanted all over. I wanted good energy. She has some very cool energy, and she's so smart. I love smart women and uh, inspirational and worked so hard her whole life, um, just kind of like the, the eternal student, you know? Um, and energy healing i didn't really know too much about but uh really um down to earth mind body connection that we all need to remember and seldomly do you know yeah absolutely um i've gotten to know darlene better even since that episode and um she's all those things that you said she's she really does role model that uh she is i can't i can't even find the words i think you said most of it i mean she's she's just she's a very interesting and cool and fun person and she and her she and her partner jonathan got married this year uh so congratulations to them that's really cool and they're also another example of you know, you can find love again and, and, uh, later in life and, you know, create new chapters. Absolutely. You know, both of their children are grown and, uh, you know, young adults. So they're looking forward to the next chapter in their life. And it's, it's just awesome. It's really cool. Jonathan's amazing as well. I hope we can get him on sometime, maybe next year. I was happy to hear from her last night. She responded to to our our email, but she only had time to write out the answer. So I'll I'll tell you. Uh, we asked her, you know, if people were looking for some crystals or stones to clear their way in the new year, because there's all this kind of crazy juju out there. Uh, you know, what might bring some calm or clarity, inner peace, uh, world peace? And and here's what she said. So. According to Darlene, if you're looking for some crystals for calm, she recommends Howlite. It's spelled H-O-W-L-I-T-E. She said it's a white crystal with gray. Amazonite, which is turquoise and white. She said grounding stones 
are usually black, brown, and gray, such as hematite, black tourmaline, obsidian, onyx, and aragonite. Black tourmaline and labradorite protects your energy field. That's my ring is a labradorite ring, the one that all my clients think is a mood ring. I yeah. dare you to say that three times fast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, That's a big word. Labradorite, labradorite, labradorite. Black tourmaline. I used to strip under that name. No, sorry. Moving what? on. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Oh my God, you're funny. But the protests were just too much. Um, anyways, too much. moving on. She also recommended if for to bring peace or to feel peace. Um, blue and blue-green jade brings inner serenity and reflection. Lapis quickly releases stress and brings deep inner peace. And she said, Magnesite brings deep peace to meditation and relaxation. That was another thing from that conversation that I took away. She had mentioned a book called uh, Search Inside Yourself uh, by the Google guy, something tan. And I have that book. I've read that book. It was great. I love this book, especially for left-brained people, you know, people who have a more difficult time getting a clear track to one's spiritual side. I thought that it was an excellent recommendation, and I've recommended it to clients since then. And I love the crystals that you've brought into the office. Yes, amethyst, rose quartz, and the Zen tray um, with crystals and this pink uh, geo something and then a blue geo something. They're called, but uh, they definitely make me feel very, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I will look at them and it will be a little mindfulness reminder. It's really cool. Uh, it's it's there and you know it depends where you put your energy but it's just a little kind of remember to breathe how beautiful is it and I'm sure it's got some kind of energy waves that are just kicking <laughs> I'm sure and again now that you have those there I, I think about both of you when I'm in there and I'm reminded of that episode so you know you never know what kind of influence you're going to have on people <laughs> I think it's another example of that. Uh, speaking of people who've influenced us, um, actually not this year, it was at the end of last year, uh, we spoke with Douglas Green, author of Teachings of Shirelle, about the pet-person relationship. Uh, he has been traveling around. His book has been selling really well. He's been doing readings of it. I'm really excited for him. I had a conversation with him the other day answering our questions. It was great to check in with him. Yeah, the first half of 2016 was fantastic. And the last, like, two months have just been ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's all setting up for, in, the, in terms of the book, really good stuff. Yay! Any new thoughts on the importance of pet-person relationships? Well... Really, um, I still have not gotten a new pet because of all the time I'm spending on the thing. I, my intent was that by now I would have gotten a puppy, but um, so that hasn't happened. 
in there have really been two things that have struck me this year in that regard. One huge one has been the response to the book. And it's been worldwide, getting letters from countries around the world, people crying about Shirelle, people writing me about their dog and their or, or other animals, their cats, and saying how what I said touched them because, and then they tell their story. And if I didn't already think pets were magical and important and guardian angels and all that stuff, boy, boy has this year slammed it in. It's been just, again, that first, the eight months, the first eight months the book was out, when the publicity thing was really going, uh, it was nonstop and truly magical. Everybody talks about 2016 as being the year that we've lost uh, a musician every two weeks. You know, it's like the Grammy Awards, 90% of it's going to be the in memoriam segment this year. Right. It's just horrible. The other thing in my universe has been pets. It, so many friends have lost pets. And it, it seems to have stopped over the last few weeks. It was about a three month thing where I want to say every day I go onto Facebook and someone's cat died, someone's dog died. Pray for my, you know, my uh, ferret. It's going into surgery. This stuff over and over and over. And the the grief, the pouring out of grief, which of course I relate to very, very well. It just, again, you know, I didn't need reminders, but that's there. So it's nothing new for me about pets, but the world around me has sure been clarifying on that issue of just how big it is. really sounded like things are flowing uh, with the book and that Shirelle is still influencing people and changing hearts and minds every day. Yep, that was a great uh, podcast. It just was another layer of thinking about relationships with animals and uh, spirit, like life, you know, the spirit of your animal and the meaning, purpose and passion on the way and it really brought a lot of memories back for me and then he so beautifully like connected it to life examples and journeys and um what a what a lovely warm uh guy and he's also a uh, a therapist i highly recommend that should anyone um you know want to connect with uh Douglas Green to go check him out. He's just uh, uh, really living again, like the other guys, meaning, purpose, and passion. And uh, he's doing his life work. And you guys got to pick up that book. It's wonderful. And I just wanted to ask you, because you've had, you've had uh, your cat for a while now. But I know, <laughs> you know, when I met you, you didn't have any pets and you were allergic to cats and yet you brought one into your home and it's part of your family. I mean, how's that going? I, I love the pictures, the photographs. Instagram? Yeah. The crazy cat lady. 
Uh, Baby, I, I yes, had three. I, mean, I had three cats at one time. It takes a lot to be crowned a crazy oh, cat lady. God, I want more. You know, I, uh, I grew up with dogs, and uh, anyway, my my son does a uh, volunteer, and he fell in love with this cat, and we were all, all sneezy and itchy, and my husband said, "There's no way," and then, uh, you know. Uh, Christopher, my son said, uh, you know, let's make this happen. He's he's a dreamer. He is Mr. Positive. Everything, anything can happen. Uh, sky's the limit. We all, uh, you know, uh, found a way to connect with Stardust is his name. And uh, just incredible. I, I've never had love like cat love. And that's crazy. But the interesting thing is we have some family members who will not come over because they don't know cat or they think they're itchy. Uh, you know, but then once in a while they will stop by and they don't get itchy. They don't get, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating world. And I love my little stardust. He has changed our lives. It's a cra- it's crazy. I'm a cat person now. It's amazing. And people can't believe it. But can you also share just a little bit about how... A little bit about what? Your beautiful doggy. She came into your life. <laughs> well, yeah, Suki's kind of had... Uh, my, our little dog, Suki, has had a kind of a tough year. She had an issue with her toe that just got progressively worse. And... Uh, so for Suki, you know, one of the things I just I really have learned, I'm glad we got insurance for her because uh, we've spent a lot of money on this, just this one damn toe. Uh, but she is, she's love. And I, I, I'm the opposite of you. You know, I was a cat person and now here I am with this dog and I would love to get uh, a cat to keep, uh, to keep her company at some point. But you know, that's going to be down the line. But it does. It's interesting. People have very strong feelings. And, and I understand it with allergies. I've got friends who are asthmatic. And God, you know, you don't want to send anybody into some sort of a medical situation. But my, uh, my uh, sister... Some people we do. Some people we do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Unless they really piss us off. Um but, you know, my sister growing up was all, and my father, really allergic to cats, but we always had them. And you build up an immunity. I don't think it ever goes away, but there's a tolerance. And most people I know are like you. They they just come to that point where the love and that relationship is worth whatever discomfort there might be. I, I love animals. And that's the other thing, too, going back to, you know, the, the work we do with people uh, struggling with addiction is uh, so many of them uh, find comfort and connection and empathy with animals when it's really difficult to connect with anyone else. And I love all the work that's being done to keep people, the homeless, to keep homeless together with their pets. Uh I don't know if that's happening all over the country or just in certain areas of California, but I think it's a really cool thing because they really ground us and connect us to our most primal selves. Absolutely. I want to talk about another conversation we had at the end of last year, but it was the first episode that we aired this year. We sat down with your style team Starla Fortunato and Sybil Henry. Uh, we sat down with them to talk about aging 
gracefully. And so many things kind of stick with me from that episode. I often think about Sybil saying, fashion is foolish. I, aging gracefully has always been one of these things for me that I, I, I'm not obsessed with, but I think it's important because it can so strongly go the other way. Um, yeah, I don't want to fight it. I want to, I, I don't, I want to go gently into the night. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I know you're close to them and, and you see them more often, you know, what stood out to you from, from that episode? Uh, you know, really, again, goes back to they're doing what they love and they have created a life and a money flow and really true to who they are and thinking outside the box to people, sharing their beautiful energy. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way. You know, um, they try to extract the essence of who you are and it's not what they think but who you are and they just pull this inner beauty from you and it's it's amazing and that's apparent in the work that they've done with you your photographs and everything are just beautiful stunning work uh there were some crazy trends out there this year and i was just thinking about this too like what are we going to be happy to see go and there were some like i watched the today show almost every morning kind of a gauge what's coming up or what what might look good or or not by sort of how those hosts dress as well but they've talked about a couple of things that recently that sort of horrified me like there's a line of pajamas that are being designed for like everyday wear like out on the street to wearing like fashion pajamas that's funny yeah uh it reminds me i have this uh, friend katura who she could pull it off and pulled it off in the in the 80s and 90s and she was a musician she played um, drums with all these bands and most notably well maybe not most notably but uh oingo boingo and uh you know so we call her the high priestess of the devil drums and she could rock those pajamas but i don't know i think if we're all walking around in pajamas outside I, it's just a little kooky for me Teens do it. Teenagers do it all the time. Have you had teen clients in your office in pajamas? All the time. All the time. And college students, yep. Yeah, they just uh, like to laugh. <laughs> That's hilarious. And the other thing was for men, this is to me like one of the most horrifying things I heard or saw was a, was a sweatsuit suit, like a suit made out of sweatsuit material. Uh, it just looked ridiculous. I just, I, I don't think they've perfected it yet. That's funny. I think that one has to go. I think that one has to go. Not long after our conversation with Starla and Sybil, we had a wonderful, good time, hilarious uh, time talking with uh, Johnny B, Jonathan Bourne, and Ivy Iacano. I never pronounced her last name right. Is that right? Or is it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And we talked about dating and online dating. Singles, and uh, I thought they were really honest. And I thought that they did not see themselves as victims, but they used a lot of humor for them to approach uh, life and singlehood. Great show. If you guys are single or not, or you know somebody who's single, please listen to that show. It was great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Go back and check them out. And and I don't know if you know this or not, Dr. Wendy, but since we recorded that way back when, uh, Jonathan has started doing a podcast with um, a friend of ours named Doug Schaefer. They're still in the game show business. Uh, and the podcast is Game Show Gang Pub Quiz Podcast, and it is hilarious and wonderful and fun. And really encourage anyone to go out and put that on your iTunes feed. It really breaks up for me, my my psych and political podcasts. And it's it's just good fun. It's like a trivia pub quiz in your car. But that conversation with John Johnny B and, and Ivy was so fun. So we asked Johnny about what he saw as the future of dating in Trump's America. Uh, and how we can make dating great again. And this is a little bit of what he had to say. Hello, Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny of The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny on iTunes and Podbean. Podbean? What is... I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look up Podbean. Podbean. It's your pal, Johnny Bourne. You have emailed me questions, and I'm going to answer them. Here we go. What do you see as the future of dating in Trump's America? How can we make dating great again? Well, if you are attracted to people from Mexico, 2017 is not going to be such a great year for you. Um, <laughs> going to send some love notes over the wall. Uh, I think what's going to happen in 2017, dating-wise, it has been happening in the run-up to this election, which is that politics has become very important for people as far as meeting and dating people. You'll see now on dating profiles, people have a line that will say something, you know, uh, and if you voted for Donald Trump, don't, don't even bother contacting me. You know, it used to be people, you know, divided up among things like which was better, the, the UK version of the office or the US. But now it's, um, you know, if you voted for Hillary, I don't even want to meet you is what people are saying, which is, I think, a shame because you look at a couple like Mary Matlin and James Carville, you know, more ideological opposites there could not be, and yet this is a marriage that's lasted a very long time. Um, so to say you won't even meet somebody, that seems like a shame. Um, that said, I think the Steve Carell version of The Office is better, and if you are an attractive woman that disagrees, don't you even bot? No, I'm kidding. Please contact me. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's very funny. I'd love to have them both on again uh, soon. Um, they kept us laughing. And, you know, both you yeah. and I have been out of the dating game for so long. It was really great to get that single perspective from them. Absolutely. Last, but absolutely not least, um, our dear, dear, wonderful, amazing, lovely, beautiful friend, Candace Dale McKenzie, has been with us for five different episodes or more at this point. Hey, we yeah. love her so much. We love her so much. She is like our, you know, she's yeah. an honorary member of our team here um at the relationship show we've talked about so many things with her on the podcast you know i think the episodes the things that we've talked about with her really 
stick with us now because we've talked about secrets and lies with her, the Ashley Madison hack. When we talked about that back in September of 2015, I mean, we had no idea that we would be at this place now with what's going on with the Russian hacking and, and how destabilizing it would be. But it was awesome to talk to her just a few months ago about relationship red flags and with her dad kind of piping in there was was fun and she's fun and she shows people that you can be a therapist and you can be funny and playful humanistic like i keep saying um but she's also just so talented her thing is cognitive behavioral therapy she does a lot of dbt and works with a lot of addiction and um, she travels a lot, <clears throat> but I'm happy to say my understanding is that she'll move back to Los Angeles in February. So we get more of Candace soon. Yay! Yeah. I can't wait for her to be back with us and, you know, having more conversations one way or the other, you're going to hear from her again. And of course you can always find her online at Candace Dale McKenzie, uh, I believe.net. I know that there's a .com too, but I think that one is particularly a .net. She would try to be different. Right on, Mama. Do you have any thoughts about holiday survival? I know we've done a whole episode on it before. And I'm sure we will talk about it again, but anything standing out to you, particularly at this time in 2016 to 2017? Yes, I do, Jenny. Thank you so much. I think everybody should go travel and run away from your family <laughs> and hand it over, use the crystal and use some comedy and uh, a stylist and uh, take some good pictures, get a, your hair did and your makeup did and uh, read a good book and um do some mind body healing listen to riley and uh just hand it over and you know no really uh, i think family and holiday time can be emotional traumatic uh i think avoidant people want to just avoid and um just try to see your family for who they are and don't try to fix. As Mary Ann Williamson says, just use the mantra, I love and I release you. And it really works. But try to, to stay open, as I always say, but just know that you have control only of you. So it's a serenity prayer and, and go in and if it really is too hard, you know, stop by holiday visit to a minimum, you know, and then go <laughs> to the next situation <laughs> or go get a massage, go exercise. You know, nobody needs a drawn out holiday gathering. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, on can that. I, I said, can I get it in? make plans, keep your boundaries as strong as possible in those situations and don't feel guilty about leaving, you know, pat yourself on the back for going for as long as you can tolerate and pat yourself on the back for leaving before it gets ugly, you know, digging in and 
it's one thing to hold true to your value of, you know, being there for your family or your idea of family loyalty, which is all well and good unless you're suffering through it. And so <laughs> there there's a balance that can be struck. <laughs> right. You know, um, I say uh, I say you don't even have to shut your car off. You can keep it warmed <laughs> up. Do a little drive by. I mean it. And drop off some flowers or cookies, you know, give a hug and go to the next thing. Just take care of yourself and don't feel like it's all or nothing black or white that you need to avoid. God bless the child that's got his own For Dr. Wendy's Dream Journal exercise. Dr. Wendy's Dream Journal. End of your traditions, and we've got some answers from our guests. <sighs> I'd like to start a lot, but that would involve having a different set up in my life. <laughs> um, the main one is Christmas with my family. And there there are some traditions with that that have been beaten up over the years through different family breakups and and uh, issues and, and passings. But uh, it's like Charlie Brown and that scrawny Christmas tree. We're, we're holding on to some stuff and it's pretty great. Uh, it means a lot to me. Beyond that, um, it's been the last couple of years I've had a New Year's Eve party. This year, I don't know if I'll have time to set it up and it's a little bit hard to cheer on 2017 right now, but uh, maybe I will at some point say, you know what? Again, Sherelle would say, do it. At the end of the year, I love spending time with loved ones around the holidays. It is truly my favorite gift. My birthday is actually uh, very close to Christmas. And so it's so nice for me to be able to take that time to kind of like reflect and celebrate and just see all the people I really care about. And one tradition I'm hoping to carry on this year, I do this most years with my husband, we catch the last sunset of the year and then we savor the first sunrise of the next. And some years we go to the beach for one, the mountains for one, and it's fun to snap a picture and sort of just, again, reflect and really celebrate, wishing everybody a beautiful new year. Uh, I'm not like a New Year's resolution guy. I, I don't really have traditions like that. But there is one, as a matter of fact, that I would like to start. I always thought would be interesting. I call it State of the Union. So one day a year... Couples are required to do two things. One is talk about the relationship. Things that are going well, sure, but that's easy. What you're required to do is talk about things that are not going well. Problems, issues, stuff you want to change, all that stuff. Got to lay it all out on the table on State of the Union Day. That's requirement number one of two. Requirement two is you have to have sex. And here are the reasons <laughs> for the two requirements. You got to do the first one because no one wants to do it. Um, there, are, there are couples that never talk about their relationship, right? Because it, it stinks. Who wants to do that? So at least one day a year, you're required to do so. 
And the second requirement is necessary because after you've done the first requirement, no one's going to want to do the second one. So there you go. State of the Union Day, you're forced to talk about your relationship and then have sex. I think maybe a good day to do this would be like February 15th because the day after Valentine's Day, all the chocolate goes on sale and you can have State of the Union Day and then eat a lot of cheap chocolate. Gina, so Dr. Wendy, do you have any end of year traditions or any end of year traditions that you'd like to start? Uh, no, I don't, Jenny. <laughs> Uh, it's just no, any other day to you or any other a, kind of time of year. Another New Year's Eve, you know that song, Barry Manilow? Another night like all the rest, you know. Well, I do now, and you sure as hell know I'm going to oh. clip that fucker in. <laughs> oh, please, Barry Manilow, it's amazing. Are uh, you a Fanilow? Uh, Dr. Wendy, are you a closet um, Fanilow? I do love Barry it's just another New Year's Eve, another night like all the rest. It's just another New Year's Eve, let's make it the best. It's just another New Year's Eve, it's just another old Lang Syne. But when we're through... Love me a little berry. <laughs> I, do. I love I love and a good BM. <laughs> uh, my husband and I sometimes we uh, wait till midnight and we talk about uh, feeling very grateful um, of the past and we talk about gratitude and then our hopes, wishes, and dreams for the next year, our goals, our intentions, and um, just helping each other be be a better, caring person in the next year. That's beautiful. We usually have Thank some <laughs> We usually have some friends over on New Year's and always do Christmas crackers which are fun and you know in the new year I do my New Year's cards cuz I just think it's too much to try to get them out by the end of the year. But um yeah, I mean our end of year traditions over here are like we if we're in town we go to see a movie on Christmas Day and have uh, lunch with our friends, Car and Susan. Uh, also around this time of year, every year, Susan has a cookie swap party that I go to. So that's kind of a tradition. And, you know, we go to see the God kids and the Nutcracker. Uh, and that's always fantastic. And putting up our tree. I mean, you're not going to find a more Christmassy, you know, celebratory atheist than than me. Um, wow. <laughs> you do some cool stuff. No, I don't do any of that. Now you made me think. We do a Christmas party in our family because we're Jewish, half Catholic. Menorah, and we get a Christmas tree, and uh, we don't sing Christmas carols, but we could start. <laughs> I love Christmica. I love that idea. Uh, I haven't. I yeah, we put up a tree, but we also have a menorah because you know I am an honorary Jew. Um, yes, you're in the club. <laughs> Shalom. And so is yeah, there, you know, as we're kind of wrapping this up right now, is there anything you're looking forward to in 2017? Forward to new experiences, wonderful uh, self-care, as always, and we're not perfect, but I always want to, you know, continue to work on me uh, feeling the best that I can feel so that I can, you know, empower other people to uh, find their as self. 
And I'm really, really grateful for you and for our practice and all the people we help in the community. And, um, you know, all the cool things that we do to reach out and, and the blessing to do what you love. And, and it is true. My dad always said, do what you love. It's been really cool. And this next year, I can't wait to meet new people and uh, learn. I'm an eternal student. So whether that's reading or writing or listening to TED Talks or uh, the Dalai Lama, so I'm really, really grateful. And uh, I'm looking forward to another year of some really cool guests and, uh, you know, and I love that people are liking our podcast and they're writing emails and we get calls. Uh, it's it's so cool. So thank you all so much for you know supporting our show. We love it. And if there's any specific topics, please feel free to chime in, write us, and uh, we will make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to a cornucopia of things in 2017 and it, I really had to kind of dig for this but once I did it kind of started gushing out like a geyser you know like hopefully I'm going to get through licensure I'm halfway through now um Woo! Yay, yes. yay, so that's Woo! definitely you know that's the first thing in 2017 I'm looking forward to i you know, we kind of moved away from it this year because of scheduling. I, I'd love to get another, like, women's group going. I'm going to go to Texas with my husband in March. He's going to be on a panel at South by Southwest. So that's really exciting. And because he's from Texas and in nearly 10 years we've been together, we have not been there. So I'm excited about that. Um yeah, like my best friend from childhood is supposed to come out and visit and, and hopefully my dad's health is improving. Hopefully he will stick with it and keep keep getting better. And and my older sister, who I haven't seen in a very long time since before I was married because we had a falling out and we've just recently reconnected. Uh, she may come out here. So that would be that would be amazing. So those are things I'm I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I, I join with Wendy and everything she said about gratitude towards our guests, for our guests and for our audience. And thanks so much for listening. We've got some cool things planned for next year. And we hope you'll stay tuned and look in our notes for information on any of the people that we've talked about today. Go back and listen to our past episodes with these wonderful cats so happy holidays everyone and that that's it for us this time and as always we encourage you to be as authentically yourselves as you can possibly stand and as dr wendy always says stay open Woo! happy new year happy Christmaca. happy festivus happy wedding <laughs> kwanzaa yes happy hanukkah <laughs> What are you looking forward to in 2017? Uh, I don't know if you meant relationship-wise or generally, so I'm going to go generally. Uh, I'm looking forward to more episodes of Westworld. I thought it was great, um, well-acted, well-written. And I, I know people online, I know some people are, are sort of saying like, oh, it's, it's just philosophy 101. But as a person who barely graduated college with a Bachelor of Arts, philosophy 101 is the appropriate level for me. 
I'm really eager to work harder, to do more creative work. I feel like my creative juices and many other people's have been flowing on high and I'm excited to see what pans out from that. I really believe in the power of artistry. So supporting others' work, uh, collaborating with more people and creating more of my own will be a really big focus for me. I'm in the middle of an awesome giant book on Frank Sinatra. You know, life isn't that bad. Listening to the relationship show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. A casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.B. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jennijbwilson.com. For entertainment purposes only. Really? Just relax. Exactly. And come see us.